Yesterday on Twitter, the hashtag strike for black lives caught my eye. I noticed a number of different organizations, notably Fight for 15, who were talking about striking as part of the Black Lives Matter movement. This excites me because of the connection between racial justice and economic justice. This is where Dr. King was trying to go all along. As I followed the tag down, I noticed the Vox article, Across the Country Essential Workers Are on Strike for Black Lives, so I'll begin with that, giving commentary as necessary. This is by Bryce Covert. Before she got sick with COVID-19, Dietrich Eady typically left her house at 5.30 in the morning every day and wouldn't get home until 1.30 or 2 in the morning, long after her family was asleep. She has worked in fast food her whole life to support her four children and now a grandchild, and even after the pandemic hit, she worked several jobs, one at McDonald's, another at Papa John's, and a third at Wendy's. She's a shift leader at McDonald's, but still makes just $9 an hour, even though she says some of her peers make $11 an hour. Working three jobs is not enough to cover rent, water, and food, she said. I still have to find another way to make those ends meet. Sometimes that means there's no food in the house. I would go without eating to make sure my kids eat, she said. That was before the pandemic. Now things are even more difficult. She said McDonald's didn't provide her with protective equipment or force customers to wear masks. Edie has diabetes and high blood pressure, putting her at higher risk of complications from the coronavirus, but she had to keep working to make sure her family had enough money to pay the rent and buy food. Then one of her co-workers recently got sick. A few days ago, she felt very ill herself, struggling to breathe. She tested positive for COVID-19. That means she's now out of work, at home, isolating from her family. She's not getting paid leave from any of her jobs. I'm very scared right now, she said. My lights can go off. I can't pay rent. In response to a request for comment, a McDonald's representative said in a statement, McDonald's enhanced over 50 processes in restaurants. McDonald's and our franchisees distributed an ample supply of PPE with no supply breaks including gloves and over 100 million masks, in addition to installing protective barriers in restaurants. We are confident the vast majority of employees are covered with sick pay if they are impacted by COVID-19. All right, here's a little commentary. That sounds like utter corporate bullshit to me. Headquarters is saying whatever they need to say to keep the press off their back. And mainstream media don't give a fuck about workers. So they, they just report whatever McDonald's tells them to report. Being homesick with COVID-19 won't keep Edie from participating in the strike for black lives though, which she plans to do over FaceTime. That's back to the hashtag strike for black lives on Twitter. Sounds as though people are not merely going to be protesting George Floyd's murder, but they're going to be protesting the working conditions and the wages and everything else that goes along with being poor in the United States. If you've been following this show, you know I think that's fucking brilliant. On Monday, July 20th, that was yesterday, tens of thousands of workers from a variety of lines of work in more than 25 cities will go on strike to demand that the corporations they work for and the government that's supposed to work for them confront systemic racism. 
Fast food workers like Edie will be joined by an enormous swath of the workforce. Other low-wage workers like airport employees, ride-hail drivers, nursing home caregivers, and domestic workers alongside middle-class teachers and nurses, and even high-paid Google engineers. Those who can't strike the whole day will walk off the job for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, the amount of time a white police officer kept his knee on black Minneapolis resident George Floyd's neck before he died. I don't know if you've been following that story, but it was actually much longer than 8 minutes and 46 seconds. It's a massive action that will bring together major unions as well as grassroots organizers. The Service Employees International Union, International Brotherhood of Teamsters, and American Federation of Teachers will join forces with the Fight for 15, United Farm Workers, and the National Domestic Workers Alliance. Social justice organizations such as the Movement for Black Lives, Poor People's Campaign, and youth climate organizers will also participate. It represents a unique partnership. Labor unions don't always act in concert, let alone partner with grassroots and social justice groups. This is an amazing development, and this is the kind of activity that needs to continue if we're going to solve the plight of the American worker. It's built right on the back of what Dr. King was fighting for. It's racial justice coupled with economic justice. But demand for putting together such an action came from the bottom. Workers who have been activated by the toll of the pandemic and the massive uprisings against racial injustice and police violence across the country. They see these things as inextricable. Yes. Across the country, people are gaining a new understanding that it is impossible to win economic justice without racial justice. That health care for all, fair immigration policies, and bold action on climate change all require racial justice, said Mary Kay Henry, president of SEIU. This is a unique and hopeful moment in our movement's history because in organizing this strike with our partners, we found broad acceptance and acclamation that now is the time to take large-scale action to demand that corporations and government do more to dismantle structural racism and protect black lives. We are all clear that until black communities can thrive, none of us can. So now we've come full circle back to the poor people's marches that both Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. were trying to get started. Edie says on top of low pay, as a black woman, she's also had to deal with racism. She sees her ordeal reflected in the struggles of the other workers who will go on strike. We are in the same boat, Edie said, because we all are essential workers and we all are fighting for the same things. Therese Andrews works on the front lines caring for elderly nursing home residents in Detroit, Michigan. Despite her tenure spanning two decades at the same facility, Andrews makes just over $15 an hour. She notes she's among the luckier ones at her facility. Those who work in housekeeping, dietary services, or laundry make more like $10 an hour. It's poverty wages we make here, she said. She makes so little, in fact, that the nursing home isn't her only job. She's also started a caregiving business on the side with three clients. As a single mother, she has to forego health care for her daughter because it would cost so much to add her. She pays out of pocket for her shots and annual physicals. Andrews is now caring for the elderly in the middle of a pandemic that preys on the vulnerable. 
Nursing homes have been linked to a third of Michigan's COVID-19 deaths. At first, she said her facility didn't give out the proper personal protective equipment, but only distributed it when workers specifically asked for it. Only recently did the facility hand out everything they needed, like masks, gowns, and gloves. And yet there's a COVID-19 unit at her facility, and some of her coworkers have gotten sick. Anxiety has been high for a lot of us, she said. People just scared to come to work. Her family is also vulnerable. She cares for her father who has cancer. Her doctor advised her not to go to work, so she took about a month off, but she doesn't get paid leave, so she eventually went back. I came on back because you have to have something, money, to survive, she said. I just try to distance myself and wear my mask and protect myself the best I can, but it's still scary. Andrews and her co-workers will be walking off the job on Monday to push for change. We just want to let people know that we are essential workers too, she said. We've been put on the back burner. They're demanding better pay, benefits, staffing levels, and safety guidelines. She sees their fight connected to the larger movement for racial justice. A lot of my co-workers are black and brown people, she said. She herself is black. That's why to us, we relate it to racism because we are the ones doing this hard work, but we are not getting recognized properly. Jerome Gage is also a black worker on the front lines. He's been a full-time driver for Lyft in Los Angeles for two years. At first, he thought he would be able to earn a basic steady income while fitting in work as he went back to school. And in the beginning, he was paid a proportion of his fares. But then the ride-hailing companies changed their systems and he now gets paid a flat rate per mile. He found himself having to work at specific times to take advantage of peak hours. If he didn't, there would be times when he made less than minimum wage. It's an incredibly depressing experience sitting at 3, 4 a.m. because I have a bill due Monday I have to pay, hoping to make a couple more bucks in the middle of the night, he said. That's why he got involved in the fight in his state of California, not just to pass AB5, a law passed in September that classifies many gig workers as employees, but to continue fighting to protect it as tech companies have lobbied against it. Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash have bankrolled a November ballot measure that would exempt them from the law. The pandemic has made things more urgent. Demand for rides all but halted as the pandemic hit, which meant Gage went weeks without work. And yet he still hasn't gotten unemployment benefits despite applying for the benefits Congress extended to non-traditional workers like him. That's your government. That shows you how much they care. Then there's safety. Lyft was incredibly slow to react to the need for PPE for drivers, he said. It was an incredibly scary situation. In July, he said he got his first packet from Lyft in the mail with protective equipment in it. They've really been negligent in their effort to make a safe, sanitized driving environment. And yet, he noted, people who are wary of taking public transportation are turning to Uber and Lyft. The services, he said, are key to help flatten the curve. On Monday, he plans to cover his car in signs and join a caravan that will begin at a McDonald's and then travel to the Los Angeles Unified School District and the University of Southern California to demand they both stop using police on campus. He noted that a lot of his fellow gig workers are people of color. These two things are totally related, he said. 
He won't take any rides while he's out protesting, and he hopes other drivers, even if they don't join the caravan, will also turn off the app in solidarity. I think that will send a significant signal to Lyft and Uber, he said, that we have the ability to organize. Striking workers are making a series of demands. First, that corporations make an unequivocal declaration that Black Lives Matter, but also that they raise wages, allow workers to form unions, offer childcare support, and provide health care and sick leave. They also want politicians at every level to use their executive, legislative, and regulatory powers to begin to rewrite the rules and reimagine our economy and democracy so that communities of every race can thrive. Now you're talking. The movement already has some wins under its belt. When I spoke several days ago to Patricia Parks Lee, an employee at Loretto Hospital in Illinois, she and her co-workers were planning to time a strike over unfair labor practices with Monday's action. They had accused management of failing to bargain in good faith over a new contract since December. Parks Lee makes $19.50 an hour and many others among the predominantly black workforce make less than $15. To get by, Parks Lee usually works at least one other job at a different hospital as a certified nursing assistant. She said she and her co-workers weren't just striking for better pay, but for dignity and respect. But on July 17th, before they had to walk off the job, Loretta reached an agreement with workers. Their union, SEIU, said it included life-changing wins such as bringing all workers to at least $15 an hour and raises for others, improved staffing, greater scheduling stability, and immigration protections. The hospital was short-staffed and under-resourced long before the pandemic. Employees bring clothes in from home for the patients who come in without undergarments or wearing soiled clothing. Then, Parks Lee said, the hospital rationed personal protective equipment like hand sanitizer and gloves. If you respect who I am and respect my job, why would you limit my ability to do it by counting out the number of gloves, she said. In response to a request for comment, Mark Walker, Director of Community Relations at Loretto, called the allegation that workers were not given proper PPE blatantly not true and unfounded. Oh, I trust you, Mark Walker. I'm sure you're not lying. Parks Lee, who is black, is a crisis worker in the emergency room at Loretto. That means she is often helping community members most in distress. Women fleeing domestic violence, people going without food or shelter. Whatever the crisis situation presents itself, we try to assist, she said. Racial injustice impacts not just her and her co-workers, but her patients too. They are black, brown, lacking in financial stability, she said and yet other hospitals often refuse to accept them and send them on to Loretto instead. Nobody wants them, but we welcome them, she said. That's the through line bringing all of these varied workers together. Outrage over racial injustice, which impacts pay, benefits, and how black and brown Americans are treated both inside and outside of work. It's not surprising that we're in this together, Gage said. We may have different careers, but we're all going through the same issues. Andrews says seeing so many different workers come together is awesome. That's going to show unity, she said. It's going to show that we're tired. We're not playing anymore. We want to be heard. So here are some of the tweets from yesterday. Here's Fight for 15, at McDonald's. 
If you really believe Black Lives Matter, it's time to stop with the lip service and start with real action. Treat your black employees like our lives matter. This is Teamsters JC16. At Teamsters Local 804, members at UPS are rallying today to support the strike for black lives. No to racism at work. No to racism in New York. This is Compton J100, Pelosi must go, J the populist. Considering the state of America right now with the coronavirus, with unemployment, with our corrupt government, we truly have nothing to lose but the chains that bind us. Movement for Black Lives tweets, The fight for racial justice and black liberation has always been deeply connected to workers' rights movements, and we are here today to demand transformational change in our workplaces. Join us as we strike for black lives. The website is j20strikeforblacklives.org. Here's movement for a people's party. A national workers' strike will happen today to protest systemic racism and economic inequality that has worsened since the beginning of the pandemic. The strike is aimed particularly at Walmart and McDonald's. Strike for Black Lives, J20, Solidarity. This is from Ed Markey. Workers are rising up across the country to say that economic justice is racial justice. Black essential workers deserve higher wages, better jobs, and unions. It was an honor to join SEIU today to rally for black workers. Strike for black lives. Here are some of Ed Markey's photos from yesterday. SEIU is prominently featured, but so is a poor people's campaign, not to mention all the unions. It's an amazing event. United Farm Workers. This worker earns $1.90 per crate of 65 bundles. Undervaluing farm work is steeped in the racist shadow of slavery since Southern congressmen voted to exclude farm workers from labor protections in the 1930s. Here's fight for 15. Breaking, workers across the country are on strike. Thousands worldwide are supporting and taking part in the strike for black lives right now. Stand with the workers on J20. This is from Al Jen Poo. Happening today, workers around the country will take action for black lives today. Join us at Strike for Black Lives. Here are some worker voices on why today's action is so important to them. And then there's a link to the article I just read to you. Here's hospital workers rising. Black workers matter here. Black lives matter. Black workers matter. Strike for black lives. That's a lot of people in that video. All right, I'll conclude by saying this is very encouraging. And we all need to get on board with this. We all need to support Strike for Black Lives as well as Black Lives Matter. We all need to keep protesting police brutality and we also need to keep protesting economic brutality. People out in the streets is the way to get this done. Solidarity is the answer. You can only do so much by voting, but watching the people in the streets here of all different colors all fighting for the same thing that can change the whole world.